prize plums. Prize um, plums. Hello, I'm Ewan. And I'm Sean. And welcome back to the Abyss. Now, it's been a while. Yeah. Been a little while. <laughs> oh, for, yes. For, the, for those people who listened to the last episode of the podcast. Oh, wait. No one listened to the last episode of the podcast, Sean. <laughs> because it didn't ever go yeah. up. Yeah. Why, why was that? I, mm. So, we recorded an episode just a couple of days after the election. And the editing didn't necessarily come about as quickly as it should have. It got away from you, didn't it, Sean? It did a little bit. And it got to the point where the content was no longer relevant because things are moving quite quickly in British politics these days. Well, I I mean, to some extent, it's been fairly slow. Um, So, just, just for everybody who's listening... Uh, the election went well. We were pleased there, weren't we? Yeah, uh, we were pleased. Better yeah. than um, than I predicted. Um, but I think better than either of us predicted. Um, you know, I've heard. I've, it's interesting. I've heard people in the Labour Party say to me that this is the best result we could have hoped for. I mean, nobody pegged Jeremy Corbyn winning a majority government, so you know this is better. But and this is better than most people's expectations. But um, yeah, there was. There's still. He didn't get a majority government, though. Yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah. But um, this way, the Conservatives have to deal with Brexit, with a minority government, and they're going to look like prize plums. Prize um, plums. This way, the Tories have to go through the Brexit negotiations, go through however long they're in government with a minority, failing to get anything through. Having to form this coalition of the DUP, which I don't think is going well for them, um, and just generally looking awful. So by the next time a general election comes around, the Labour Party will be in the best possible position. Other less partisan people have argued that, though this is awful because the Tories can't get anything done, and we're trying to negotiate Brexit, and it's just going to go horribly for everyone, and we're going to have to li- live with the damage long term. Yeah, I mean, one of the topics that we did discuss in the uh, episode that never went up was how long we think it will be until we have a general election. Then I was saying it would be quite soon. I'm beginning to doubt that. However, the Tory alliance with the DUP seems to be shaky at best. And I think it's enough to sort of get government started. I don't think it's enough to maintain it for very long. So immediately Theresa May came under flack from uh, several uh, Tory MPs for forming this or trying to negotiate a deal due to uh, DUP's stance on things like homosexuality and abortion, um, which I'm yet to see a Tory MP adequately defend. Uh, Yeah. Um, Boris Johnson was on news um, the other day and he was asked what the implications of forming a deal with the DUP were and he kind of mumbled and muttered his way through and then the woman who was interviewed just looked at him and said this is a party who doesn't believe that a woman who has been raped should be allowed to have an abortion 
is that okay with you? And his face was just a mess. He didn't know what to say. Well, frankly, I, I have yet to see um, a DUP MP adequately defend their policies. In I mean, my that, opinion. Personally. They're indefensible. Um, so I have yet to see an adequate um, justification, but I'm sure there are plenty of people, given that they have gained seats, that think that the their positions are perfectly defensible and rightly justified. So... It will be interesting to see how long the Tories and the DUP can well, hold, we're in, hold out with we're each in, other, basically. A fortnight of negotiations so far. Um, and the other day, the DUP announced that they want over a billion pounds worth of additional spending in Northern Ireland. Um, which, as you can imagine, the Tories aren't keen on. I heard it said that um, this... Queen's speech will be the only Queen's speech that Theresa May uh, puts through, so they'll replace their leader sometime in the next two That's years. That's expected. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be under a healthy, normal government, Sean. But no, but uh, any uh, <laughs> any claims that this is a healthy, normal government are ill-founded at best. I would argue. Yeah, and I'd, I'd just say that this exposes the fact that uh, the lack of strength and stability that this government is displaying seeing as you know all of that happened a fortnight ago and everyone's bored of that now yeah all right Uh, all right let's let's talk about some more recent politics the queen's speech what did she say not much Um, we expected her so the idea is that she delivers essentially what was in the manifesto um obviously that hasn't happened because the tories can't pass any of their manifesto Queen's speech is part of the official opening of Parliament. Members of the House of Commons are brought into the House of Lords to listen to the Queen. But the Queen doesn't write the speech. Nobody around the Queen Queen writes the speech. The government write it and give it to her to read. So it's very much a ceremonial yeah, thing. It's and got it's... very little to... It doesn't change politics very much. What does change politics... What well, it does outlines is the week of discussions and debates in the House of Commons following the speech. So the Queen's speech outlines all of the things that are going to be voted on um, or that are planned yeah. to be voted on in the next Parliament. And so, yeah, they have some negotiations so that, you know, the opposition can try and get some stuff on the table or try and wrangle their way around things. Um, so this one was primarily about the Brexit negotiations um, and passing various pieces of legislation related to that. Um, that's to be expected and I think would look almost identical under any government trying to get their Queen's speech passed. Um, and I think everyone's pretty, you know, satisfied with the votes that are happening uh, with that. There doesn't seem to be any nope. controversy there. Uh, Theresa May announced a uh, full inquiry into the Grenfell Tower disaster that happened um, just over a week ago now, which obviously wasn't in the manifestos because it happened after the general election. People want the inquiry, but the whole issue of Grenfell hasn't won the Tories any favour. But that, again, I think is pretty standard. Was there any of the Tories' manifesto that got onto the The, the issue is, is that having read through the Queen's speech, um, much like their manifesto, it's extremely vague. So, potentially, 
they could argue that quite a lot of their manifesto is in the speech because there's so much vagary going on that you're not really sure. It's hard to tell. So, I mean, what made it in? Not a lot. What's missing? Uh, Everything that was even vaguely controversial is no longer going to be there. Uh, Fox hunting is gone. Um, That was something that Theresa May promised randomly and seemingly just to spite her own campaign. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, The vote on the pensions triple lock has gone. Changes to school meals. Um, She wanted to give a free school breakfast worth 7p per child um, instead of paying for school lunches. That's gone now. There's absolutely no mention of a continuation of any of their things they've been doing. Um, With justice reform, there's no mention of mental health there. Um, They do briefly... um, discuss uh, expanding infrastructure and Electric um, renewable indu- renewable industries um, yeah. which is like nice uh, it's quite specific it was it's, it's yeah, it, more specific than everything else exactly by by a wide margin um, I think <laughs> was the, the problem um, it just made it capped it off and made it seem a little bit silly yeah so the Queen's speech does have to be voted on after it's been delivered um and it has to be passed so there is going to be about a week of negotiations involving parliament as a whole so the opposition will try and get a few things on the table as you and said they suggest amendments Um, to the bill exactly now the key thing here is what will happen if the queen's speech doesn't pass we discussed this in the episode that uh, never got released it's quite an important issue because Usually, if you have a majority government, then you're safe because it will be a three-line whip. Every single one of your party, of the ruling party, will vote to get it through, usually. In this case, the Conservatives would have to rely on at least eight of the DUP, I believe, voting for it to get it through. In the next week, the Labour Party... And I mean everybody, but mainly the Labour Party and the SNP will be offering amendments to the bill. This is, you know, standard. But all the Labour Party have to do is get enough amendments on there to convince the DUP or Conservative backbenches not to vote through. Exactly. Um, and then there's all kinds of chaos. I don't know. If this is uh, an official rule and that if there's a precedent for it. But I understand that if the Queen's Speech were to get voted down, there is a good chance that the opposition would be invited to try and form a government. Or try, or try and get a Queen's Speech through, which is almost certainly not going to happen. In, in such that even if the Tories failed to get a Queen's speech through if the opposition tried to get a Queen's speech through it'd be even less likely as far as I'm concerned there isn't much precedent for it and obviously the UK doesn't have a constitution so there is actually no official way or method of you know um, getting a government to be formed there is it isn't that isn't written out how it goes um, but it's likely Jeremy Corbyn would be invited to form a government. 
Uh, he described himself um, on the opening of Parliament as a, a, a government in waiting, um, is how he referred to the Labour Party. He said, point blank, uh, it is in the interest of the opposition not to uh, temper and moderate the uh, largest party. It is currently our, in our interests to further our own agenda um, and push through uh, everything we believe in and oppose anything that we do not believe to be in the public interest. So he just issued a statement of intent that said, sorry, yeah. Therese, it's not happening. Um, no, the the issue that we have then, though, is let's say the Queen's speech doesn't get through in what would be five or six days' time. Jeremy Corbyn possibly gets invited to form a government. Given the persistent presence of backbench Blairites who don't like him and various other groups of people on the opposition benches, it's almost, I would say, in my opinion, it's almost impossible that he would get a Queen's speech through. Um, I think that there is less concern about Labour's backbenches uh, kicking up a fuss. Um, yeah, they've tried twice now to get rid of Jeremy Corbyn. And after the general election, they're now pretty on board yeah, with no, Jeremy. I agree, but you have to remember that Labour are the official opposition, but to form a government, they would need the help of all of the other opposition parties. That's the, that's the issue, that is, is the fact that you have to get everyone on side, including the SNP. Yeah. Um, and more recently, the since the general election, Jeremy Corbyn has said that the Labour Party is on full election footing as in um basically as soon as it's legal we're going to start campaigning um and you should spend all of your time trying to convince people to vote labor next time there's a general election yeah which is fair enough but 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 the thing that he said is uh, the thing is in scotland the labor party has started marrying together the image of the snp and the conservatives all of their campaigning currently uh resides around the issue of uh, the austerity that the SNP and Tory government has pushed through. Mm. So it doesn't look like Labour is trying very hard to court the SNP at the moment, no. which would be a brutal job. They are there to... Uh... Labour seem to be under the impression that come another general election, which I will get onto in a minute, um, they would be very much aiming for a majority, which is by... fair enough, but by some considerable numbers. If they're If they're souring relationships with the third biggest party in the house that's that's a bold move talking about the possibility of general election however mentioned a couple of times possibility of tories not getting a queen speech through then labor possibly being invited to form a government then not getting a queen speech through elif either for the reasons that we've just discussed what is expected to happen then is as a result of no government being able to be formed out of the current pool of politicians, which is disastrous, another general election would be called. If this were to be the case, we could expect a general election before the end of the summer, or to be called before the end of the summer. Yep. Um, so, talking to different people, I get different feelings. Um, 
I've had some people say to me that the evidence is that uh, in a second election um, like this, people vote for uh, what they perceive perceive not to be progressive, but status parties, as in... Uh, the incumbent party, they will... usually. Yeah. Um, I've also heard it said that... Um, and I think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that... Uh, the Labour Party aren't going to look bad for this uh, because all of the press has um, been around them saying how popular they are and how well they're doing and how everybody... Uh... And I, I think even though the Conservatives want a majority, Labour look like uh, the most, you know, the strongest, uh, stablest um, <laughs> party at the moment. That's true um, enough. So I think that there are a lot of people who will go, damn these blasted Tories messing up with everything. Why can't they just do a proper job? Okay, I'll vote Labour. Um, so, you know, I think there is... I don't think it, it's the, the idea of a second election's a done deal at all. No, I mean, the other thing you have to take into account, though, is less the public's political opinion and more increasing voter apathy with the more elections we have. People yeah, get fed depends. up with politics quite quickly. Um, and I I suspect that the reason that the incumbent party usually succeeds when we have this sort of situation or a situation where you have two general elections so close to each other is because is less because people actually align with the incumbent party and more that they just want the country to get on with it. They want something to happen. They want to have a government and they want politicians to start doing their jobs instead of knocking on doors. Well, that's, I don't know. I would argue that post the general election, the Labour Party seemed far more like the party that's... I agree. Uh, I, 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 ...interested in getting things done. I think Labour stand a good chance. I'm just saying that the reason for the precedent yeah, is, yeah. is probably uh, what I just said. But, as has been shown in the last general election, just a couple of weeks ago, Labour are not really sticking to many precedents at the moment. They're sort of yeah. going off doing their own thing, carving a new path in British politics. So it'll be interesting to see. Also, just a side note discussing Labour, your favourite politician is back on the front benches of the Labour opposition. Who? Diane Abbott has returned. Oh, yeah, she's she's back on the front bench, yep. Um, I don't think that's... Uh, a problem at the moment <laughs> it might be if a general election's called but uh honestly yeah. um when i see her sitting there right next to jeremy corbyn it does make me a little uncomfortable honestly i suspect um, if another general election was to come to pass if corbyn and indeed the rest of the labor party knew what was good for them they would at the very least, remove her from the limelight immediately. I don't. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but we'll see. We'll the see. The Tories have been perfectly um, capable of keeping people out of the media when they needed to. The issue we have at the moment in politics is that it's very difficult for political 
commentators like us to make any valid predictions for what's going to happen because of how unprecedented this whole situation is. Despite the fact that we recorded an episode a while ago that didn't actually get published, the extra time that we've had has actually changed the scenario in a number of ways. Um, and yet the, the problem that we have at the moment at, in the abyss is that anything that we say now might well be completely wrong in the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks. So it's very difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, apart from the Grenfell Tower yeah. tragedy, um, nothing much changed over the course of the two weeks between the election and the Queen's speech. Well, I wouldn't um, have said that, actually. And I think I think the tragedy uh, did sway public opinion quite a lot. I understand that the reason the Tories are getting a lot of slack for the Grenfell Tower issue is because the flammable cladding that was on that tower and is on a few others that has been, um, it's been announced was put there as a result of their policies in the last government. Is that correct? Um, yes, they deregulated uh, fire restrictions. Um, Boris Johnson, uh, there's footage of him referring to uh, health and safety regulation as only useful for stupid people um oh dear the implication being that you know you don't need to be told how to behave in the event of some kind of or something going wrong because uh, we don't need some nanny state telling us what to do all the time i've looked after myself and my family perfectly fine to round up the episode with something slightly more light-hearted and possibly quite amusing i'd like to discuss the queen's hat when she gave the Queen's speech. Oh wait, just I just I just want to just to communicate to the listener a, a look of boredom which I've never never seen fell across my face when <laughs> Sean said that. So the Queen's. So hat. let's see where where he's going with this because if there's if there's one thing I don't care about, yeah, it's how right, the Queen dresses. Enough, fine. However, a number of news articles have been released discussing the Queen's hat because it was blue with yellow star-shaped flowers on it bearing a striking mm -hmm. resemblance so it was claimed to the european union flag <laughs> well sean i watched the entirety of you know the queen's speech going through parliament um and not at one point did i ever notice that the no, queen quite. was wearing See, this now, hat i personally would imagine this to be a complete coincidence that has been made into a story by the media. Because that's that is what, what is. I suspect it is, yes. Um, the Queen has done a very good job of keeping out of politics, and I'm sure she wouldn't change that now. But I find it very amusing that in a time like this, where you're having a Queen's speech being given, and the DUP and the Tories are talking and Labour are still saying they're going to form a government, and the story you choose to run with is the Queen's hat. Really? Theresa May fa fails to pass a Queen's speech, Jeremy Corbyn fails to pass a Queen's speech, and Queenie says, no, 
we're not leaving the European Union. I'm in charge now. Get on your horse. Uh, it's my my country no, it's, it's again. Just, uh, I I like the monarchy personally. Um, however, I do think that when there is so much interesting politics going on, trying to discern whether the Queen was making a political statement, which she almost certainly was not is a waste of media time and indeed readers time thank you very much for listening thank you we'll see you next time